check, check. Light check. Yeah, welcome everybody. Fly Race and Moto 60 show presented by Infab. We appreciate you guys listening. Thursday, August 14th, 2014. Ten down, two to go. Lucas Oil MA Pro Motocross Championships. Fly Racing, the official gear of Trey Kennard, who won his first ever 450 MX Moto at Unadilla in the second moto and put on a uh, clinic in that moto, holding off uh, Ryan Dungey, Eli Tomac, and Kenny Roxton to uh, take the win. FlyRacing.com, brand new uh, 2015 stuff has dropped on the website. And speaking of that, just for listening to the show, we are going to give away a set of light hydrogen race gear. This is the same stuff that Kennard wore last week in his moto win. This isn't the, the race horn set, of course. This is a brand new pant, jersey, and glove. And uh, we're going to give it away just on, just for listening on the Fly Race and Moto 60 show. 702-586-7857. Got Jason Wygant coming on. Got uh, Jason Thomas coming on. Going to break down the brand new Indiana track as well as talk about the series in general. Dress up your Jeep, truck, or SUV with the hottest looking, hardest working accessories from NFAB. Proudly built in Houston, Texas. NFAB offers step systems, light mounting solutions, bumpers, and more. Anything you need for your truck to make it look sweet. Uh, take it to the, take your ride to the next level. Visit n-fab.com. Proud sponsors of the NFAB Yamaha Off-Road Team and the Toyota JGR NFAB Yamaha Team with uh, Justin Brayton and Josh Grant. Grant is back this weekend. Filthy and Nicoletti is done for the year. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We appreciate it. Next hour, we're going to take your calls, break down the series, break down the racing. we got uh, two more of these things after after today, and then we're done for the year. So, we appreciate you guys listening. The numbers are doing well. They're growing all the time. So we'll probably bring this thing back, I would imagine, for Supercross, hopefully. I'm Steve Mathis, producing the show, the Tits Legendary Tits. What's up, Steve? I said we'd bring this back next year for Supercross. If I'm here in Vegas. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? San Francisco. You've been saying you're moving for five years. Yeah. You're not moving. Okay. If that's the case, then I'll see you in January. All right. That's it. Bottom line, bro. All You're right. not going anywhere. All right. 702-586-7857. Let's get right to your calls. Jake, what's happening, man? Hey, Steve. How's it going? Good. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, so my question is, uh, obviously, everybody agrees Eli's been doing great. And he missed the first 200 points this season. And he's 195 behind Roxon. Now, obviously, he wouldn't have scored the full 200 but he might have took some of the ones away from Roxon as well. Where do you see him fitting in if he had not missed the beginning of the series? Great question. Um, he's better than I thought he would be. 
um, this summer. I knew he would be a guy, but I thought he would be a lot like Trey Kennard. Up there once in a while, you know, but slightly off the pace of uh, of Stu and the KTM guys. Remember Stuart? We forgot about yeah. him, but 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 he's been better than that, I think, ever since he hit the track. So, dude, maybe he'd be in the lead. He'd be top three, right? You got to figure he'd be top three. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I he's been consistently better than Trey. Trey beat him, of course, at Unadilla. A great ride by him, but. You got to figure he'd be top three, leading the points, second in the series, right there for for wins every week and for the title. So, um, yeah, great question, man. It, here's a question for you, Jake. Um, I'm going to ask uh, one of our analysts this too. He's uh, 28 points back of Metcalf, with two races left. He made up uh, 16 at Unadilla, um, going three three. So, do you think he gets Metcalf for fourth? Uh, it seems pretty likely. Um, Brett's a great rider, but the, his average score looks like it's like 14. So yeah. that leaves Eli a pretty good chance to get it. Yeah, I think Metcalf has to go. I don't think he'll pass him if Metcalf goes goes five 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 the the next two motos. But I don't think Brett does that. You know what I mean? So right. Right. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think Eli is going to get him. So um, thanks for calling, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Great question, though. What, where would he like Tomac stand if he was uh, in this title? Um, maybe we'll ask the other two guys that. Don't forget, uh, we're giving away fly set of hydrogen, fly hydrogen set of gear, twenty fifteen stuff uh, to just a random caller. That's all you gotta do: seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven. Just have to call in and uh, and talk to uh, us and, and ask us a good question. And uh, let's get to Riley here. Riley, what's going on, man? Thanks for listening to the show. Hey, no problem. How's it going, Steve? Good, thank you. What's going on? Uh, is Canada going to the Motocross of Nations this year? Hell yeah, they're going. Who are they sending? They're Tyler Medaglia, Colton Fasciati, and Kevin Benoit. Okay, that'll be good. How do you think they'll do? God, I... A-Main? Dude, I mean, I would have had them in the A-Main last year, stamp it, guaranteed, and they folded badly. So, I'm not making any more predictions. If they're not in the A-Main, though, I'm going to be severely depressed again. So. Okay. If uh, Fasciati went down to the States, how would he do singly? Well, I think we've seen him before um, come down here. He's a top 10 guy, I think. I think he'd be in that uh, I think he'd be in that 8 to 11 spot, you know, 8 to, eight to 12 spot, somewhere around there. The guy's, guy's got great would talent, he, man. Could he land a good ride, do you think? Or? I don't know. Yeah, hard to say. I mean, uh, okay. you know, Chisholm's right around that spot when he shows up, and he, he's out of the back of a truck. You know, he wasn't able to get anything. So, I mean, Fasciati's been beating him up in Canada, but I think that's just a little bit of the Canadian factor coming in, you know? Um, well, he looked good in Calgary and yeah, good as he could in Regina. So Yeah, for sure, man. No, I think he'd be right up there. All right, thanks. All right, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, Fly Racing Moto 60 show. Starting in with a question about the Canadian Motocross the Nations team. I like it. I like the, the theme where this show's going. Let's bring in our first guest. He is the, my boss at Racer X, the Racer X online editor. And the voice of American motocross, the Jason Wygant. Weege, what's up? Yeah. Uh, hey, two more races, and then uh, you're done for the year. Uh, I'm kind of sad about it, to be honest. This is uh, these are the twelve uh, most exciting weekends of the year for me. I love this job, and I got to give it up until next year. You do, bummer. Um, yep. Um, it's it's man, the season's really flown by for me. I know. I think I say that every year, but for reals, it really did. It went by quick, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was thinking, though, 
we haven't had a uh, a championship showdown in the 450s quite like this in a long, long, long time. It was close in 11. You know, Dungey still had a chance that Villapoto really screwed up in the last round, but mm-hmm. seven points, four motos, it's going to be good. It is. Yeah, you're right. Uh, caller asked earlier, where would Tomac be if he rode the whole series? And, I mean, I, I said he'd be right there. He's top three. I think he's better than Trey um, week in and week out. And he may be at the front. He may be the guy with a seven-point lead if, if he had raced the whole series. Do you agree? Uh, it's hard to say. I mean, we actually put that, uh, that um, survey question up after he won Millville, which makes it so simple, right? Mm-hmm. You ask about Tomac right after he wins a race, and then suddenly, overwhelmingly, oh, he'd win. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. But it's been pretty even up, I feel, these last couple of weeks. You know, um, Dunge has got the better of him just as much as he has. I, I'd say he'd certainly be in the mix, but I don't think you can guarantee. You know, you'd, they're close enough where one mistake or one bad race could have made all the difference. It's not oh. like Tomax at the point where he's just rolling these guys moto in and moto out, and they're not rolling him. So I don't think you could really guarantee either way. He'd be in the hunt, that's for sure. Well, that's, what I, that's all I mean. He'd be in the top three. He'd be, he'd be somewhere in that. He'd be first, second, or third in the points. So. Yeah, I mean, that's obvious these last couple of weeks. I bet you someone right now, if they want, could probably just take points since he's come back, and that's exactly where he'd be. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely, for sure. Uh, hey, Indiana, this weekend, Crawfordsville, Indiana, looks a little red buttish, uh, looks a little um, a little good. I like it. It looks good. I think it's going to be uh, – looks like dirt's good, obstacles look good, uh, it's got some trees around it. Looks like a good track. What do you know about it? What do you what do you what do you think? Yeah, I think it is going to be good. I mean, I just know the dirt from from having gone to a lot of GNCCs there, uh, and the dirt there is pretty pretty ideal. Um, Redbud, I think actually, if you use the natural soil that it has, is a little bit hard packed. Mm-hmm. This is a lot of uh, farmland, so the dirt's actually pretty. I, I think softer. I mean, Redbud in the end they brought in so much sand that you almost can't even tell what it would have been right. or what it should be just by the. Uh, you know, the geographics of it. But anyway, I think this is going to be good. Plus, one of the advantages is of these newer tracks, uh, I think they just start from scratch. They just bring in Mark Peters and say, whatever you think would make a track good for a national, just do it. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the other, Utah obviously has some restrictions that made it hard to do, uh, Elsinore that made it hard to do, Muddy Creek, I think the track just doesn't have, you know, they probably could benefit from a little more room. They just don't have it. But here they had unlimited space to work with, so they just said, listen, man, you build the national tracks, build mm-hmm. one from scratch. So how could that go wrong? Do you think it favors anybody? Is there, is the it, is it really is a neutral advantage? Favor. Yeah. The only thing I think it would favor is, I believe that's one of Roxon's strengths. He's just so talented, he just figures stuff out very quickly. Mm-hmm. So he would probably benefit from you know, being on even ground, so to speak, where everyone comes in fresh. The only problem is I don't know if that's enough to overcome the other problems he seems to have at the moment. Right. And the problems are relative. He's still getting second, third, fourth. But he's, I'm not saying that because he adapts quickly, he's going to immediately jump and go 1-1. I don't know if that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But I think it might help. Do you think we see um, – we talked about a little bit on our podcast. Uh, we do all think that Ryan Dungey is going to get Kenny the hair for the, for the title at the end. I mean, it, it's unfortunate for Roxon. He's ridden ter- a terrific series, but the, the, the Dungey train is coming, and Kenny looks powerless to stop it. Um, if Kenny loses more points this weekend, I mean, is it a, a, it's just a foregone conclusion at Utah? Like, what race should be – are we going to see Kenny 
because like you said, it's a brand new track. Are we going to see Kenny match Ryan this weekend or even beat him? And then, then it comes down to a last race showdown. Or do you predict Dungy's going to eat up more of that gap this weekend? I would think based on what we've seen the last few weeks that Dungy's going to make up some ground. But I do think that this is actually a more pivotal race than Utah because if you're Roxanne, you've got to know that if you could stop it just this weekend, you don't have that much to worry about next you, weekend. Yeah, you, you don't have to stop it. A few right. points on them. Which, right. I mean, it's so weird that we're saying this now. It seems very difficult to imagine he's going to beat Dungy straight up in these two motos, mm-hmm. which is wild because a month ago he was doing just that. But right. if he did, oh, man, he'd be on easy street plus. He'd have a lot of momentum and confidence back. It's so weird to be saying the guy that is first in points. We can only say, you know what, though? He's still got a shot at it. <laughs> he, if he can match Dungy this weekend, if he can tie Dungy in points or gain it, obviously gain would be awesome, but if he can just tie him seven points in the last round, that's totally manageable for Kenny. Uh, I know then everyone's going to play my favorite game. Oh, you love that game. Yes, you do. Then Dungy just has to go 1-1 one, one to his 2-2. Two, two. Well, we're seeing with these two Honda guys in there that mm-hmm. there are no odds on that at all. It's just as good a chance that he goes – Three, 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 four, four, four. Uh, those guys are. I don't think this would be the typical six or seven point lead. Jeremy Martin is fifty-four up on Baggett. Obviously, we know there's a maximum amount of points you can score in a day is fifty if you go one-one. So does I he clinch? Sixty-six. What? I thought it was sixty-six. That's fifty-four. Really? Well, hold on. I'm not very good at math, as I've stated uh, many here times. Here we go again. Uh, Forty-six. It is. You're right. You're not very good at math. I'm you? not. I'm not. The Canadian school yeah. school system wasn't very good to me. Um, do you think he clinches? Dude, we got a chance that he could wrap it up in the first moto. Right? Do you think he? He's first of all, do you 75. think he does? Does he clinch it? This weekend? Oh yeah, he yeah. clinches it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I don't know if you read my column this week. Uh, yeah, you did because you have to proof it. Um, Jeremy Martin, perhaps the most unlikely 250 national champion since Tedesco. Would you agree? I mean, if you put down yeah, before the season. Yeah, I was kind of milling around that same idea maybe for uh, the list one of these weeks. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, yeah, I'd say since Tedesco. And then, yeah, he definitely put a, a, a Kudrowski in that category. Um, I mean, this is really coming out of nowhere. It sure looks normal now that you're watching it. It does. There's no way. No, no, no way. Mm-hmm. If you go back to him, this is the same year he didn't qualify for Supercrosses. That is Two of them. Alarming. Right. It, it's, uh, I guess we... I guess it was all over at that first moto in Glen Helen when it was all over for everybody else. And he was 10 seconds ahead and checking out. It was – we should have known then. <laughs> so Yeah, I wouldn't go that far because no, I do feel no. like those first races can really catch guys out. And a lot of riders did get – a lot of riders and teams and bikes got a lot better from there. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad that he ended up proving it. I mean, you cannot at all say in this second half of the year that Baggett was – Mm-hmm. better. Baggett was maybe matching him or beating him at times. Right. But the good news is that you're not going to be able to just say, well, he was better through the first two rounds. He had a points lead. They just couldn't catch him. Mm-hmm. Now, he's outridden those guys just as much yeah. as they have at any point during this year. I mean, a Unadilla could have easily won the overall. And he, I wouldn't be surprised to see him win this weekend. Even if you gave uh, Baggett some points for his blown-up bikes, Martin still got this. Still, exactly. Still ridden by him, you know? Yes. It's 100% earned you can't put luck into it. They've had plenty of chances to, to stop them and they haven't been able to do it. Um, 
Hey, so I, I'm very interested. You know, Trey Kennard switched to KYB suspension this week, and clearly it uh, it worked pretty well or, or something or he was on or whatever it was. Uh, you know, he goes up 4-1 and rides terrific, uh, fastest guy in both practices and everything else. So I'm very interested in seeing if this was just Trey Kennard's on weekend, like he was at High Point or he was at uh, Red Bud. And it was just he was just feeling it and just loving it and loving the track and, and, and good to go. Or if this suspension change is very much the reason why he was faster, and we're going to see it in the next two races, what do you think? What do you lean on? Do you, is, this, is this going to be a switch of Kawasaki going to the new frame proportions, or is, it was Unadilla just one of those weeks where Trey was, was on and, and, and feeling it and loving the track? I'm going to go with the suspension switch. I have more to do with it than anything else. Um, I just feel like these Honda guys, and not just him, but uh, Tomac has gone back and forth and struggled at times. Barsha has not been happy at times. Mm-hmm. Reed has, was definitely not happy at times. Oh, really? Oh, and, I didn't know that. I didn't know. Chad, yeah, I don't Chad, know if you're aware. No, no. Reed he didn't like the Honda that much. Oh, no, I didn't know <laughs> that. <last year. laughs> uh, and the Air Force specifically. I feel like when you have four riders of that caliber who have all had – hints and allegations at some point of we can't get these Air Force and this bike to work. Mm-hmm. And then a guy changes something drastically. I mean, he wouldn't have changed it if he didn't ride it and say, okay, this is what I'm looking for or more what I'm looking for, yeah. right? I mean, he wasn't just trying it to try it. Clearly, at some point, he rode with that fork and said, wait a minute, mm-hmm. I like this. Mm-hmm. Let's try this. Um, so I feel like if you have four guys essentially saying the same thing and then one guy makes a huge change to that thing they're talking about and he does better, you're lining up a lot of evidence to that being the difference. Yeah, I'm, I'm pumped to see. I'm, I'm interested to see. And it could spell bad news for Kenny Roxon if, if yeah. Trey is uh, really loving this switch and, and everything else. So it uh, should be interesting. Yeah, and I know, you know technically Trey did beat uh, Dungey in that second moto and take points away from him. But I'm just telling people, like, logically – the chances of Dungey going 4-4 and get beaten straightened up by these guys seems pretty rare. Yeah, yeah. But we literally just saw it happen to Roxon. So this... it just seems like the better those Honda guys are, Dungey can still fend them off or beat them, but Roxon's been struggling to do it. If Dungey wins this title, it might it very well could be the best one he's, he's won yet. You know, he does have that asterisk over him of some yep. of the main contenders getting hurt and him winning the titles. And if he does this one... Maybe we need to re- reevaluate Ryan Dungey's career a little bit because this will be great. I thought about that, too, because, you know, overcoming the adversity somewhat and putting on a clutch performance and mm-hmm. coming on down the stretch is impressive. But at the same time, it's partially only made impressive because Roxon was beating him at the beginning of the year. Right, right. If Dungey just rolled Roxon all year. We would all say, yeah, of course, right. Well, he's a rookie, and Villapoto's out, mm-hmm. and Stewart was on and off. So he had it handed to him again. Mm-hmm. It's only because he got beat by Roxon at the beginning of the year that it makes Roxon look so formidable. Had he dominated him all year, we'd be saying, oh, another Dungey, hand him the title, another one right, of those. Right, right, right. Uh, our lines are fat- packed. You cannot uh, reach the show right now. Everybody's on hold, so let's take some calls. Uh, Steven, what's going on? Yeah, um, I had a question about Ryan Dungey, and Mathis, you, you probably have the answer to this since you and him are bros now. We are. Um what do you think makes him a better outdoor rider 
I mean, he's great at Supercross, but do you think it attributes to, like, just the longer motos and that he kind of gets warmed up, you know, as the race goes on? Or is it the points? There's more points to be made up? Or um, what do you think it is that he kind of shines outdoors versus indoors? I think you're right. I think he is a better outdoor guy than indoor guy. And i got to go with uh, passing, passing and aggressiveness. Uh, he's not great at passing. He admitted that on the Pulp Show. Um, and I think he's just a little too, uh, and I say this, you know, relatively speaking, cause he's one of the best riders in the world. He's a little bit, um, you know, not a little bit plays a little safe too much, uh, for supercross for what you need to do in supercross. What do you think, Weege? Yeah, I agree. I think it's just, it's such a war of attrition outdoors to even first make it to those first five months, still be ready to not get hurt or tired or burn out again and the motors are longer, and there's two of them. All those things just make guys drop by the wayside, and that all plays to his favor. Uh, and it may be, you know, it's almost the same issue that he has outdoors. Those first few laps of the motos are never usually great for him, just mm-hmm. like Supercross. But all that other stuff that adds up, I think, allows him to overcome that a little better, a little better here. He's almost the same rider. It's more like everyone else isn't mm-hmm. by the time we get to this part of the year. Yeah. Uh, all right, Stephen. Thanks, man. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, John, what's going on? What's your question about James Stewart? Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Thanks for listening. Good. I was wondering, Weed said a while back that if Stewart got a two-year suspension that he'd be banned from, you know, Supercross, Motocross, pretty much all sports. Is he still going to be eligible for the straight rhythm? <laughs> oh, yeah. The straight rhythm's a Red Bull thing. There's there's nothing, no nothing, no, it. no, no. That is a Red Bull event, and you can be damn sure Stewart will be invited to that and eligible. Right, Weege, or do you see Stewart being held out of the Red Bull event? The only thing I could think of, I don't think the rules would keep him out of it, because I don't even know if there are rules, per se, for that race. Um, I just don't know if, if you go through the public, you know, you've been banned, and you go through the kind of public shaming there, do you go back into the spotlight at all all or do you do i think i'm just gonna hide for a little no bit. he doesn't do that uh and also oh, no no that's not james style at all um no I, he's not gonna do that for red bull for this red bull thing no way you know um uh but but yeah uh, i'm just saying like dude if if a two-year ban came down and he really became the first guy to get this that's he, such a huge mark he's not on him getting, you can't just be like yeah well this race is fine he's not I mean, getting a two-year ban something that will be talked about and dealt with and thought about for sure. It's going to be strange. He's not getting a two-year ban for an amphetamine. It's not a performance-enhancing drug per se. It's not going to get a two-year ban. So Yeah, well, either way. If right. he gets banned to any amount of races at any point, right. and then he right. does race this one, it will at least be like, oh, this is kind of weird. He did the uh, he did the RMZ 450 intro. Didn't take any questions or anything from any media guys. Just got in a helicopter and took off. But uh, he's been doing something. So, do you think we see him this weekend, Weege? Uh I'm hearing that we actually will. I should say the word "might." I'll believe it when I see it. Okay, that's funny. But uh, a couple of people said last weekend that they that he would be there. We'll see. Here, here's what I'm wondering. He's uh, he had last weekend off to reco- continue recovering, right? Mm-hmm. From what? <laughs> What is he recovering from? Are you saying that there's there's a little misinformation? There's a lack of information coming out from the from Stewart's yeah, camp. It was never identified what the problem was in the first place, but we know that even after a weekend off, he needed an extra week to recover from it. I I talked to somebody who ran into one of his peeps down in California. James was at a couple of tracks last week riding, 
and they say he's out. Okay. So we'll see. Yeah, that's what I hear. So he's still recovering from whatever it is he's recovering from. <laughs> he's recovering from recovering, bro. All okay. right. Thanks, John. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, Pete, you've been on hold maybe the longest. What's up, Pete? What's going on, guys? What's happening? Thanks for getting me through my day. Uh, I'm just curious with a new track on the circuit. Is the preparation different from any other track that might happen throughout the year? No, I don't think so. No, Mark. Not Peter? with the riders or anything like that. Um, no. I, I'm like we just made a comment on uh, the podcast. You can be damn sure everyone's going to show up Friday and walk it, which they don't always right, do. Right. But uh, no, I well, think, I think it, they're all riding it right now for press day too. Almost every team. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Whatever that's worth. Yep. I mean, yeah, this press day is – this year the MX Sports said the teams could pick what ones they wanted, mm-hmm. and ironically enough, they went all went to the tracks that are new. Right. Muddy Creek was loaded. This one's loaded. Utah, I'm sure, will be loaded. But High Point, which has been around since the 70s, ghost town. <laughs> yeah, go figure, right? Gotcha. I, I'm ah. sure they were tuning it based on the media markets and the press they could get. Yeah, so that's, that's it. why. That's it. All right, thanks, Pete. Yeah. Thank you. All right, thank you. Uh, some more calls here. Um, Mark, what's happening? Thanks for calling the Fly Race and Moto 60 show presented by NFAB. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. What's your question? Um, so I know Carmichael has nothing to do with really Roxon's program, but how much do you think he's over in Alden's corner saying, hey, let's, let's get him and get this title because then he goes to RCH with an number one plate for the outdoors? What do you think, Weege? Uh, I can tell you that there is absolutely no connection whatsoever between Alden Baker and Ricky Carmichael at this point. So, Carmichael yeah, no connection. I mean, Alden did train Ricky, and I'm sure they're friends. Yeah, but it didn't end well. Let's put it that way. Oh, it didn't end well. Yeah, it did not. So, I would not be surprised. I'm sure Ricky would like him to win that title. The team would probably like him to win the title. They might mm-hmm. even communicate that to Roxon that they think it would be awesome. <laughs> That'd be awesome for the team, RCH, to have the number one plate in outdoors. Yep, for For sure. sure. But if if Carmichael was going to the point to explain to someone how awesome it would be for the team, he would probably be saying it directly to Kenny or someone else in Kenny's camp. I don't think – Mathis, I don't think Alden and and Carmichael are buddies. Like, uh, they're on speed dial texting each other all the time, I don't believe. Yeah, you know what, though? I'm with you, Weech, but but in this industry, uh, someone could mother-f someone one day. And I'm not saying those two have, but – We've seen it over and over with riders and teams mother-effing each other, and then the next year they both meet each other, and now they're friends, and that happens a lot. So who knows? But uh, I'm with you. Oh, yeah, you know. Good point, I guess. So you could see Alden and Ricky hanging oh, out under the tent next year. For sure. We, how many times have we seen in this industry where someone's just like, F that team, F that rider, and, or that gear company, F that gear company, and soon enough they're back. They're working. They, they meet for sure, your they meet Sure, for, Carmichael's kind of like on a – doesn't know where to go to because he's got uh, – Dungy had his place training. Yeah, the, Roxon going to his team next year. The, the Dungy Carmichael thing is overrated. It, 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 maybe when they first started racing, but Dungy just leases Ricky's place and he doesn't have a lot to do with them. They ride every now and then or whatever, but they're not bros by any means. I don't believe, anyways, from what I gather. So, uh, th- hmm. thanks, man. Thanks for calling. Yep, thank you. Um, yeah, it's definitely. I think good. you mean by not bros. I don't think you mean that they're not buddies. But yeah. It, I, I don't think any of Dungey's success, at least the last couple of years, Carmichael had anything to do with that. He's not giving him pointers or coaching him right. or training him. Right. He just leases his land to ride on, basically. And if you want to know about RC's role in his team, a few weeks ago he tweeted out that uh, good luck Ivan Tedesco for a race when Ivan wasn't racing. So give you an idea that maybe he's not 
right in there shaping and molding these guys. So um, Dave has a question about Team Puerto Rico. Dave, what's up? Yeah, I was just wondering if you heard anything about any Americans going, you know, they usually have that B team going over there. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I said something about Filthy Phil going. That's not 100% correct. It's not locked in with Filthy Phil going. But Alex Martin is going. And uh, Filthy will probably end up going, and they're going to obviously have a real live Puerto Rican for the third guy. So okay. look, looks like that'll be the team. Troll, uh, okay. troll, Filthy, and a Puerto Rican go into <laughs> okay. a bar. All right, thanks. All right, man. thanks, Dave. Uh, and we and we got to get those guys on camera. So we we got to get those guys. Yeah, we got to. Um, Gabby, I think, is the guy's name who runs the yeah. operation. We got to teach him to use a camera. Yeah, be the best thing ever happened to that team. Are you going? Nations? Yeah. No. Oh, why would you? That's just foolish to say. Yeah. No, my wife's not letting it happen. Plus, this year I actually have a baby due in uh, a couple of weeks, so it's definitely not going to happen. But Is even it... in previous years, it's not allowed to happen. A couple of weeks only for your next one. I didn't. Jeez, time flies. Yeah, middle of September. Oh, wow. Uh, yep. All right. James, what's going on? You want to talk motocross to nations? Yeah, I, my question is more up kind of where Dave's question was Puerto Rican? Yeah, about Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing against, like, you know, filthy or troll, but how come they don't go after guys like, you know, the Andrew Shorts and the Justin Bradens? I think they they did or they do, and I don't think those guys are really interested. I, I don't know. Well, I, 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 not I, even just go for the experience, or they just want to be on Team USA? I think so. Weege, do you know anything? I mean, I, I remember these guys telling me that they, they just didn't want to uh... – didn't want to go. Yeah, specifically Brayton has actually told me that. Yeah. He's like, I don't think it's right. I, I, I'm going to go if I get selected for Team USA, but mm-hmm. otherwise I'm not going to go. So I think it's like almost if you're at that level, you're – it's almost a – not. I don't want to use the word embarrassment. I don't think it's quite an embarrassment, but it yeah. just doesn't seem right. Yeah. You know, it's almost like you're faking your way into the event. If you're at the level of a guy who thinks you might have a shot at making the, the, the USA team at some point. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I know a couple of guys who've been asked who are just like, "No, I'm not going. I'm not Puerto Rican," and that's it. But I mean, if I if myself, I would go almost no matter what, unless I'm you know, like the fourth guy to get picked for Team USA or whatever. I'm going. I think it's a, that's a great experience. So, so if you're Canard, you go. If no, you are Canard, no. If I'm not, if I'm Canard, I don't go okay. because he's right on that bubble. But if I'm Brayton, I go. If I'm short, I go. If I'm, I see. If I'm, uh, do, do you think if they if they did well, like if they if they rode well, do you think that would help them in the future getting picked for Team USA? No, no, no. I doubt if I, I I'm a, I'm going to the Latvia. I will go ask Roger DeCoster in Latvia who's on Team Puerto Rico. See if he even knows. I guarantee <laughs> you he doesn't. So well, Dean Ferris grabbed two hole shots and then got beat by like 45 seconds in the two motos and got a factory ride from Roger DeCoster. He did. He did. Good, that. good point. All right, good point. He, he got two hole shots and then, you know, battled with the dudes that he was just battling all year long in the GPs, yet no one noticed. Mm-hmm. And then at the Nations, he rode good again, and then suddenly it was like, unbelievable. What are we going to do with this guy? Oh, the Dean Ferris era is over. It's really a shame. I'll put it up with the Matt I'm Mock. not, I'm not put... bad-mouthing Ferris. No, no, I know. It's bizarre no, no. how yeah. – he got two hole shots, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, my God, this guy's unbelievable. <laughs> he was pretty good, though. He led for a while. But, yeah, at the end of the race, when the checkers flew, he was 30 seconds back of the Tomac and Roxon. And I'm 
So I mean, he wrote great, but then those guys still worked them pretty good, and so. But we just remember we forgot about the end. We remembered the beginning. You would fit. You could fit in that thirty seconds. You probably could have fit some other riders who was racing against them here mm-hmm. in the states. Yeah. And then it's like if you say thirty seconds gets you top five. Yeah. Thirty seconds on the leader. Uh huh. Then he would come over here, and people would be like, "Dude, I can't believe this guy's only getting fifth. Yeah. I saw him at the nations. Right. He whole shot. He was leading. How come he's only getting fifth? Right. The gap would be identical. Right. Yeah. He sucks. Really weird how that ride yeah. launched that guy. No, you're right about that. Uh, thanks, James. Appreciate it. All right, thanks, guys. We're still looking to give away a set of fly hydrogen light gear, the same stuff that Trey Kennard wore in the second moto to dominate uh, the 450 MX uh, Moto 2. Um, hey, the Weege, uh, David Villeman writes a column on Pulp MX every week. I don't know if you're aware of that site or who David Villeman is. I'm only aware of that column because, remember, I said there's no way he would make it to St. Louis Supercross. And in the end, no, he's still going even he's done now. It. He's done it. It's done it. It's been amazing. Okay, I so uh, Villeman said if he was Roger, he would have put Tomac on the 250F and Kennard on the big bike and spoken to Geico and made it happen and and this and that. Do you agree? Would you have done that? Is that a better team? I do agree, and I think that is a, a, a better team. And that, I know, sounds like an insult to Martin, but uh, Tomac's last year's champ, so he's no slouch. Mm-hmm. I just feel like that's just not how they do it anymore. For sure, and maybe this says something, back in the glory days when Team USA won all the time, they pulled stunts like that a lot. Mm-hmm. But it just seems like now... They just don't do it. Like they just don't jack up teams and deals and move guys around um, in the same way that they used to. I know Barsha wrote a 450 the year he's in the 250s, but mm-hmm. they're okay with that usually because you're moving up to a bike you'll be racing the next year anyway. Right. So they probably appreciate that. But, yeah, this isn't Bob Hanna racing a 125, Jeff Ward racing a 125, uh, those types of things. They just don't do it anymore. But yeah. it is I, – I would think it would be a great idea, in fact. Yeah, Dunge moved up too. He was the lights guy when he when – he... Moved out for the destinations at the end of that year. Yeah, so, but yeah. the other way around, as right. awesome as it would be. And here's the other thing. The real key to winning that event is the success of your MX2 guy because for some dumb reason they make them all count together in the overall now. I don't know why they did that. For years and years, for like 15 years, you were only scored against your class. Mm-hmm. So then for some reason, I guess when they had 250Fs and they figured they were a closer matchup, they just said, nope. You're all scored in the overall. So most of your 250 guys get crap starts. They're on slower bikes. They get an eighth, and your team has to take an eighth. If you had a guy that was so fast on a 250 that he could win a moto, mm-hmm. you're almost guaranteed to win the event because he would probably get first, and the second guy in the class would get, like, eighth, and you gain, like, seven points right there. Okay, they, I know they score them afterwards per class. Like Marvin Muskan got third overall with a 12-14. But maybe that's just for accounting purposes that they tell you. Who, who I can't remember. It, yeah, but for the team standing, yeah, yeah, event, yeah, right. When Moose Gang gets a twelfth in a moto, it's the third two fifty guy. The right. team gets twelve points. Twelve points, three. right? Okay. And it didn't used to be that way. So when Villapoto goes down and wins both motos overall, Bud's Creek, there is literally no way that the USA can lose. Or when Roxon gets a pair of seconds or whatever he did right. two years ago in the sand, there's almost no way Germany can lose. That two fifty really becomes the most important part. Mm-hmm. And then we just put the least experienced guy in that position and just say, good luck, kid. Remember when Stewart crashed and Tim Ferry saved the day in England? Oh, yeah. Signature ride. Right. 
All right, little just a while, just a few more minutes with Jason Wygant here on the Fly Race and Moto 60 show presented by NFAB. Still looking to give away some hydrogen gear. Let's rattle off these calls and then let Wygant go cut his lawn. Uh, RV, or, or Andy wants to ask about RV. Uh, Andy, thanks for calling. What's your question about RV? Hey, uh, so nobody has any idea what Villa Photo is doing next year, right? Not for sure. Nope. How long uh, do you think Cowie would hold his spot for before they, before they start looking for someone like seriously looking for someone else? Mm, I got to think right around now. Hey, we, I mean, it's got it's got to be crunch time soon. Yeah, I think that it's probably moving in step together. You know what I mean? Where they're probably pressing him for an answer now because they've got to figure out that question too. Like they are, I think it's all probably combined. Or let's put it this way: if the opportunity to get a good replacement goes away, then maybe they start playing a little bit more hardball with them. I bet you those two things this late in the game are, are connected. I talked to a guy this morning via text close to RV, quote unquote. I just pulled up on my phone. Yeah, Europe is looking good, but I know the deal is not done. But it is looking good, according to this person. So, Yeah, yeah I just figured uh, that'd be something he'd have to decide real, relatively mm-hmm. soon for uh, yep. so how we can figure out what they're doing. Well, yeah, no no doubt. Thanks, Andy. Thank you. Thank you. What is Cowie going to do, Weege, with that second guy, if RV goes to Europe? I mean, for real, what are they going to do? Well, we keep hearing that they're going to poach somebody good from another team. I mean, this Tomac could go to Kawasaki thing for some reason won't die. I don't think it was ever even alive. No, I, it I won't don't. die, even though it was never alive. I talked to John. I talked to Jeff Myshek at Geico. Uh, it doesn't seem like there's anything there. Exactly. It won't die, but it was never alive. It can't. <laughs> it will not happen. It was never going to happen. Right. Really. If it, if it does right. happen, there's going to be some people that are really taken by surprise. So, you know, people that are involved in this deal. So, um, but yeah, yeah one to... year honestly is not a huge deal. Uh, any team, I mean, we saw Millsaps through to this a whole uh, miss a whole year of racing. Mm-hmm. It didn't scar him. Cowie's, you know, not going to probably win right. any nationals in a 450 this summer. It doesn't scar them. I don't think that they'll be ruined if they get, you know, if that, for example, you bring a Weimer or a Weimer type guy back for one year and you get Tomac the next. I don't think they're going to yeah. be. Yeah. Super upset. No, I agree. Uh, all right, last couple calls for you. Brad, what's going on? What's going on, Steve? What's happening? Hey, uh, I was just curious. With, you, you mentioned uh, 2-2 Motorsports maybe signing Grant. Yep. Uh, I know Chad, you know, he's, he doesn't want to screw around with, with just anybody. In my opinion, Grant's issue, biggest issue, I think, is fitness. Um, is that, do you think, that's something that Reed can crack down on, and uh, I don't know. Mm, I think Grant's if, biggest. If he finds him, I mean. I think Grant's fitness is okay. I don't think it's like I don't think he's an Iron Man, but I think it's fine. It's not. Yeah, you but know. you look at the top guys. Those guys take their shirts off. Those guys are cut and in shape. And I remember seeing RV come out of his trailer before hooking up with Alden in uh, Seattle Supercross. And he had a little bit of a gut and this and that. As soon as he got on that program and was really fit, that's when he really turned it on. But I don't, I don't think Brad, if he gets, if if Josh Grant were to hire Alden Baker, I don't think he takes that step up. I mean, look, this summer he was the fifth place guy, which was the best of the rest for most of the series. I don't see his if he improves his fitness. I don't see him making that jump into that next level. He just doesn't have the speed and consistency. So he can get a better shape, sure, but I don't know if it's really going to help him. 
You know, I, I, don't, I, I don't know. I don't I think know. He has the speed, but definitely I know consistency. But I think maybe that might have something to do with fitness. Let's ask Wygant. Gets tired. What do you think, Wygant? Uh, I think he's. I, I understand what you're saying. Like I think you're right in the sense that it doesn't seem like Grant is giving you absolute every fiber of his being, like some of the guys that are beating him. But I think now it's not going to change. I mean, I don't think Reed would even sign him thinking like. I'm going to take this guy in his 11th year as a pro and turn him into someone he's – people have tried and tried and tried to get him to be. I think Reed's smart enough to know what Grant you're going to get what Grant does, and that's good at times, and yeah. I think that's all Reed would be expecting. I don't think at this point anyone should expect to have a, you know, a completely new – He did. Revamped. He, uh, did win that fir- he did win that first moto of the year in a great ride. Well, that's he what did. I mean. He I did. think if you read, that's what you're looking for. Right. You don't expect him to win every moto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so then, so then, would I? Okay, so Pike. You know, I've heard you guys are saying maybe JGR. Mm-hmm. So, would Reed rather have somebody that can go out and win one moto but not finish? You know, a handful of motos in a year, or have somebody like Pike that can finish in you know top five to ten every single race? I think Reed wants someone who can bring some money to the table for a ride, and that's something apparently that Josh Grant could do. But Grant yeah. versus Pike, I mean, what do you think? We just those guys. Uh, Grant Pike may beat them in the end of the series, but what's the we can work with speed theory, where Grant will show you some flashes, right? I mean, yeah, but, yeah, but I think it's unfair yeah, because I don't know. For I get sure, tired hold on, flashes. <laughs> hold on, Brad. But, but here is what everyone here is what everyone forgets about Josh Grant. He has been terrible in Supercross for a long time. But wherever these discussions happen at the end of the year, us, callers, teams, they're just thinking of what's in front of them right now. Well, he's been good at the Nationals the last couple of weeks. Seriously, he, I think he got a second at one race when he was on that Jeff Ward team. Has he even been in the top five at a Supercross in like five years beyond that? Yeah. I mean, I don't have the stats in front of me, but yeah, I mean, terrible. for sure, Supercross, right? bigger, more important, more races. It just never works out for one reason or another. It just mm. never works out. But I feel like, hey, we're all negotiating right now, and we're just saying, okay, maybe mm. Grant is a little bit better than Pike or the same here outdoors. Let's look at their Supercross results. Not even close. Grant, once again, barely even raced. But uh, everybody forgets that. Uh, hey, Brad. Yeah. You want to win some gear from Fly Racing? Love to. All right. You win the Fly Racing light hydrogen gear 2015 stuff. Same stuff Trey Kennard wore. Uh, not his race-worn stuff, but the same uh, color and model that Trey Kennard wore to the win this past weekend at uh, Unadilla. Thanks for listening, man. Good question, and uh, Tits will get your information. Cool. Hopefully not the same size as Trey either. No, you can pick, a, you can pick your size. It's, it's terrific. <laughs> Thank right, you, thanks, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Uh, all right. Uh, Weed, you're going to let you go. I say it every year at Grant. Like, I would oh, oh. love for him to prove me wrong. I'm sure he can go good at Supercross, huh? but it just – Seriously, never happens, but yes. no one seems to notice. Put that on Twitter and see what happens. His wife sees it. Oh, I'm glad we're just on the airwaves, and I know nobody listens to this thing. Right. Perfect. <laughs> Thanks, but Weech. Again, okay. okay, everyone at Josh Grant's camp, show me the results from Supercross the last few years and tell me that I'm wrong. Zebra doesn't change. His... Oh, shit. Never mind. Ooh. Never mind. Uh, all right. Hey, Weech, thanks for coming on the show. As usual, great stuff. We'll see you at Indiana. Yeah, can't wait. All right. See you, man. Cool. Fly Race and Moto 60 Show presented by NFAB, uh, JGR, Toyota, NFAB, Yamaha. Dress up your Jeep, truck, or SUV with the hottest-looking, hardest-working accessories from NFAB. 
proudly built in Houston, Texas, U.S. of A. Visit n-fab.com. And uh, I know we give talking a lot about fly gear and the, the new gear that we just gave away, the light hydrogen stuff, but they make much more than the gear, people. Uh, full range of bike stands, loading ramps, tie-downs, bars, grips, levers, more, hard parts galore. Uh, flyracing.com to view the full range of stuff that they have. And uh, mountain bike stuff, too. Fly is uh, big on mountain biking. So if you're into mountain biking, check out flyracing.com. Some cool helmets and uh, and mountain bike gear. All right, let's move on to our next guest here on the show to uh, break down the series uh, the best way we can. The Jason Thomas. What's up, JT? Why does Weege hate Josh Grant? <laughs> right? Very harsh. Jeez, uh, what a jerk. Someone alert Josh's wife ASAP. Um, you should. You should send her a uh, <laughs> audio you know, file. Like, cut out some snippets from the show. Right. You know, send her a couple clips. Someone uh, on the vital on Vital MX said that Weege, you can tell Weege hates Purcell by his, his the way he announces, and I'm like, really? <laughs> I saw that. I didn't really. I don't get I didn't that. Really pick that up ever? No, me neither. Me neither. Hey, uh, is it safe to say, JT, that uh, if you're a fantasy moto player, you should stay away from 22 for the next four motos? Uh. Yeah, but he was about to prove everybody wrong in that first moto. Uh, I thought as far as uh, his yep. fantasy correlation to right. crash, but you know he still, you know, I guess would have Is been he, a horrible pick. So he's a red what now at this point? I don't know. He was a red two last weekend, but yeah, I mean he, he's trying. It's not like he's not trying, but oh, of course not. I mean, yeah, uh, I, yeah I, I, I think last weekend would have been fine if he didn't crash. But he he had a really big crash. Actually, it wasn't like he. Just wanted to pull off because his back hurt. He well, had a big one. I mean, that's that was, the encouraging thing, and, the, and and this is this take this in the spirit it's meant. The encouraging thing is that he pulled off because of his arm, and it wasn't his back. Like it was a bad crash, and his back was not the problem. So in a way, that's a little bit of encouragement with the week off. You know, maybe that. Maybe yeah, yeah. Out. And I thought he was. I thought he was riding well before that. You yeah. know, he's not. He's not going to win the race or no. anything. But he was. He was in that little group. You know, like tier B or whatever you want to call it. Right. Uh, and uh, yeah, he just uh, made one mistake and paid a big price for it. But um, yeah, I mean, it, obviously, I think his back right now, the way he feels, is it's at any second it could, you know, right. flare up and he's done for the day. Well, I'm so certain. He's, I imagine uh, people listening, if you, have, if you have back problems, you can relate. One move the wrong way and you'd lock up or whatever. So yeah, well, I think I think most of you know, as, as you said, people can relate when you know it's close to going out and you're just like, come on, don't do anything stupid. You know. It's, for I don't know how, you know, uh, how the body works as far as you know that feeling where you're right on the edge, you're like teetering there. So yeah. I think he's looking forward to having a few weeks of just not riding or not having to uh, do anything where he can actually heal up a little bit before motocross nations instead of just putting it back on the line every single weekend, which is what he's doing now. Um, let's talk a little bit about motocross nations because uh, Mike's been on hold for a while. Mike, you want to talk about Antonio Caroli? Uh, yeah. You hear me? Yep. What's going on? Well, I was wondering. I don't know if you guys touched on it at all. I just tuned in a little while ago uh, when I called in. I'm just going to hand up a replay. Uh, Caroli, I know he's on a quote-unquote 350, so it might be less of a drop for him. Um, but how do you think he'll perform on 250? I couldn't imagine seeing RV or Dungy drop down to a 250 and, and do well. Oh. I know European, they got a little more uh, momentum style to ride, but... No. First of all, if, if RV or Dunge drop down, they would do great. They do terrific. Um, yep. I don't think that's a problem at all. But but Mike uh, Philippart's jacked himself up, broke a wrist or an arm or something, and it looks like Caroli's going to go back to the 350. 
Oh, I want to see that. That would have been cool to watch. Oh, I agree. I was looking forward to it. It looks like they're probably going to get Lupino to ride the small bike now. So um, that's the last thing I heard. But it, I was looking forward to it, too. And bravo for to AC for dropping down, man. That's cool. That's cool that he would do that. The, only, the only way I would want to see him do that is if he raced Hurlings, which Hurlings would probably have moved up anyway, so yep. they wouldn't have, it yep. wouldn't have mattered. But otherwise, otherwise, in a, you know, and take that out of the equation, I'd rather see him race Dungey and Reed and all these other guys heads up. I'd rather see that for sure. Hmm. Yeah, we haven't really got to see that, even though the last few years they've never really battled, it seems like, for whatever Well, we have. We have. It's just Carroll's been a lot better, to be, to be honest. <laughs> well, or, or vice versa, or Dungey yeah. and RV have been better. They haven't necessarily been in a mode of fighting with each other that I can remember. Yeah, it's, it's been a weird deal where one guy gets a start or one guy crashes or whatever, and, and Caroli can hang his hat on the fact that he's beaten them straight up a few times, and they've beaten him a few, straight up a few times. Well, the last yeah. two years, for sure, Caroli's been head and shoulders better yeah. than our guys. Yeah. So. No doubt. Uh, Hurling's definitely out for the last round? or No, I don't think. I mean, I think he should be out. I don't think they've ruled it out. Um, he's got another month. Yeah, before before that race, so yeah, I, I definitely don't think he's ruled anything out for sure. I think he's planning on racing if, if he has to. You got to remember. The, you got to remember too. It's right now. Are they close? Um, yeah, yeah. It's uh, there's two races left, and uh, I think it's 57 points, I believe. Yeah, something like that. I was going to say oh, wow. 52, but well, if that's the case, he doesn't have to just come back. He has to compete, most likely. Oh, he has to. But the good right. thing is, is there going to be less than 20 guys on the line at these Brazil and and, and Mexico <laughs> races, so. You know, he'll get points if he just circulates. It's just a matter of whether you can maybe, just circulate. Yeah, maybe they'll combine the 250 and 450 to give him a better shot since they like to bend the rules for him. Yeah, however, Ustream and KTM can work it out. They'll, they'll do it. They'll figure it out. <laughs> well, the way, I, the way I see it, I, I think he was really hoping for Tixier to have some up-and-down motos, at least one or two. Yeah. And that would have allowed Hurlings to basically just circulate and pull the thing off. But Tixier has been really, really good. So that's really putting the pressure on Hurlings to not only – race but he's gonna actually have to be decent you know he'll have to be in the top 10 at, at minimum i think to to win this thing and that's yeah. that's a big ask and those guys don't go slow yeah when when the when injury first happened people were questioning whether Tixia can get those amount of points and like you said he stepped it up he's done pretty well so is hurlings uh staying down again next year is that already confirmed oh yeah or? yeah yeah no yeah. i gotta get that title math is a okay. big gotta get those titles and wins man just sickening just sickening um, all, right. all right. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right. Let's go to Taylor. What's up? You want to talk about Davey Millsaps? Yeah, I had a quick question sure. for you guys. Go ahead, caller. Caller? Hello? Yeah. Yep, Hi. whenever you're ready. We're ready for the Millsaps <laughs> question. Um, okay, so, like, other than, like, what you guys were saying about Davey kind of hooking up the – factory husky deal for the rockstar team in a weird kind of way mm-hmm. he picked the ktm does this i mean it kind of seems like kind of a dick move on his part just because of i don't know like they keep saying yeah he's coming back he's coming back and then he comes back and everybody just sees online on a green bike um jt you want to take this i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna stay away <laughs> Uh, uh, Taylor, it is weird, and I don't know the whole story between Bobby Hewitt and the his team and David Millsaps and what went on. I don't know if anybody knows the actual real true story. Millsaps himself told me that he'll love to tell me the story one day about why he chose a KTM, then then didn't get on it at all. But know this, 
uh, and I've got this on my Twitter feed, Davey Millsaps did not fake any injuries or anything. He legitimately had knee problems, had surgery, then had a foot problem. He legitimately was hurt, had surgeries and all that. But there was some other stuff going on where he probably could have raced, and he didn't. So, Right. I mean, I don't, I don't think nobody's going to lie about an injury or something, but I don't, no. I don't know. It's well, kind of weird where he... Oh, it's weird. He's coming back. Well, people lie about injuries. I just don't think it happened. He's just on a green bike all of a sudden. Yeah. No, no. Well, and you remember uh, Davey hurt his ankle at JGR and told them that it was jumping jocks, Jackson, when it turned out it was uh, jumping out of a boat at the river. People have lied about injuries for uh, McGrath. Remember McGrath hurt his ankle uh, at a Mexican restaurant in 97, yep. JT? Reed, Reed Shoulder. <laughs> Reed Shoulder, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, the infamous pool, the infamous pool playing. Yeah, just playing pool. That was it. It was really weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so people have lied over the years, Taylor. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's a weird deal. Hopefully, one day maybe uh, Bobby Hewitt and Davey Millsaps uh, can talk about it and, and all this. But I mean, JT didn't have a bad point in a way. Bobby's maybe got Davey to thank for success and getting on a factory KTM and, and making more money from his sponsors because Davey that team was doing okay. But when Davey got on it, really elevated Rockstar, really elevated the, the Rockstar racing team with his results and wins and all that. Oh, so. it, I've completely validated their effort, I, in my opinion. Yeah. So, all right, Taylor, thank right you, on. man. All right. Appreciate Thanks, it. Guys. Uh, JT, um, David Villeman, I asked Weege the same question. Uh, DV wrote on my column, or wrote on Pulpamex, that he thought the best USA designations team would be um, Tomek on a 250F and Carnard on the big bike. Do you agree? Uh, in a completely hypothetical vacuum situation, it's hard to argue that, but that's not the world we live in. So I, I, I just don't think that Eli has any desire to move back down. You know, it's just not what – and it's really up to them, right? You know, they don't really make any money to do this. So right. it's, I just don't see it happening like that. You know, whatever the dynamic changed as far as how our, our riders work, and I think it's – it goes back to the 125, 250, 500 thing where guys kind of bounced around back then. I think it made it easier for guys to, to be willing to move back down. But now, kind of, when you, once you move up, man, it's, you know, I graduated out of that. You know, I'm, I'm done with that. You know, it's time to put away childish things and move up, you know. So I just don't think that they, they want to be the one to say, yeah, okay, well, I'm the lesser guy. I guess I'll move mm-hmm. back down to a smaller bike, you know. Right, it's right. kind of a kind of a weird dynamic, but. Um, at the same time, I don't think that Jeremy Martin is is going slow by any means. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think we, you know, that's just what we have to have to accept is we're going to take the best 250 guy that year, and and if it's not good enough, it's not good enough. But I think the days of guys moving back down are over for now. Anyway, uh, James Stewart this weekend. What do you hear? I heard he's out. We said he heard he's in. Uh, I haven't heard either, but I if I had to predict, I'd say out. Right. Um, Tomac is 28 points back of Brett Metcalf. And uh, he made up 16 at Unadilla with his 3-3 ride. 28 yep. points, two races. Does he pass Metcalf for fourth? Uh, I'm going to go with yes. All right. Tits, what do you think? Yep. Can you re-ask the question? No. <laughs> then I don't know. Okay. Thanks for paying attention. Over You're there. welcome. Um, and uh, obviously, uh, I wrote about the Canards. Uh, uh, by the way, congratulations on Fly Racing's inaugural 450 MX win, right? No way, Shorty would have done um, it. Nah, Shorty would have done it. What? Shorty would have won in Fly Gear for MX 450. Uh, we've won motos with Shorty, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah, not not the first yeah. one. Um, 
Um, congratulations on that, by the way. So thank you. Winning, wearing the uh, flight hydrogen gear on his way to victory. So yeah, well, I mean, it's it's been a long time coming for Trey. You know, I think we obviously himself included, we were hoping you know this day would have come a long time ago, but I think uh, the future looks pretty bright for him now. Okay, so I wrote about in my column that I'm really excited to see Kennard this weekend because was it just like a high point or a red bud where Trey Kennard was uh, uh, on it and feeling good and enjoying the track and he liked his bike and everything else? Was it just one of those weekends? And we will soon see Trey Kennard this weekend go 4-4 or whatever, 3-4 or something like that this weekend. Um, or does this suspension change to KYB stuff? Is this the answer? Does this propel him? into that next level. I'm excited to find out. What do you think is going to happen? I would I would say that other than the suspension, I would say that definitely it was just a, you know one of those weekends. But yeah. I don't know. I, I just... I know. I, I don't know either. That's why I'm asking you. Conclusion and be absolutely certain off of one week, off that one weekend. You're the expert. That's why you're on this show. And I'm, I'm smart enough to say that we don't have enough data yet. You would make a very good uh, first take host on ESPN. Okay, well, they go, those guys get paid well. I'm, I'm up for the challenge. <laughs> you can't say, I don't know. We don't have the data yet. <laughs> well, I, I mean, um, you want me to just guess at it? <laughs> no, that's fine. I don't know either. It should be interesting, man. I want to really see uh, if this suspension change is the reason why. And, and if it is, man, that'll be, that's probably going to make Kenny Roxon's life harder. <laughs> I only think there's one person on this earth that knows, and it's Trey. I know. I really believe that. So for anyone, even the technicians, you know, anyone, even people in his camp to just say, yeah, this was the, they don't, they, they can't make that claim. Only Trey knows how much different it feels and how much faster it allows him to go. So, but we will be able to make a conclusion after this weekend. I do believe that. I think so too. Uh, before we let you go here, thoughts on the Indiana track. Uh, I watched a little bit on Instagram on racer X Instagram and, uh, watched the virtual track map and, uh, I've been to Crawfordsville years ago. Who can forget my fifth mm-hmm. place in the industry class at the GNCC? Tits is, looking, tits is looking at the plaque right now. Never forget. A ride that will live on in infamy. It will. It really will. Um, but uh, what do you think? What's your thoughts? I think it'll be cool. You know, new tracks are always good. Um, you know, it's, it's always a balance between keeping the tracks that have built this series into, you know, the, the famous legendary tracks of motocross for America and then also – introducing the new tracks that can usher us into a new era. So I'm excited about it. Um, I think, you know, this one will be here to stay from, from what I can gather as far as, um, you know, the where we're at on it. Um, what do you think of the layout? Yeah, I think the what dirt th- will be good. Okay. It looks cool. The, the pictures look incredible, you know, but I, I've, I've uh, been deceived before by tracks and pictures. So, um, you know, I thought Muddy Creek would be incredibly well-received, and, and the riders didn't seem to love that. You know, I think everybody else liked it, but maybe not the riders. So it's, t- it's tough to say. You know, the, there's so many elements that go into a professional track versus an amateur track, mm-hmm. which is a, what a, a lot of the feedback was on Muddy Creek. So I'm interested to see how that works out if, if, it, if it is, uh, you know, the guys think it's a pro-level track and works for the kind of racing that they're doing. Uh, and how about you? Um, not going. Yeah, I'm out. How does that even work? Um, well, I'm not sure if you know this, but I retired from professional racing uh, two years ago. So uh, I'm on a kind of a optional basis. You know, if, if I want to go, I go. If I don't, I you know, no one's ri- telling me I have to go. Ridiculous, ridiculous. Okay. Well, at uh, the next next year, one of the Supercrosses that you decide to skip, 
you can uh, check back to this podcast, and I will bury you just like you're doing me. Uh, hey, chance of rain on sun- on Saturday. So yeah, could make that would uh, that would be that would put a smile on my face if I missed the mutter. <laughs> yeah, exactly, as you're sitting up there in Boise, <laughs> feet kicked back. Um, that is correct. Okay, does uh, is Kenny Roxon still holding the points lead after Crawfordsville? Tits is not Tits is not shaking his head. No, not a surprise though. Big I think it's going to be really close. I think I, I'm I'm. I know you're going to say I'm waffling, but I think it's going to be right at tied or one point one way or the other. And then we go. I do think Dungey beats him, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's going to go like um, beats him one moto, gains a you know two mm-hmm. to three point edge, and then beats him the second moto a little worse and gains that three to four points. Right, right. So I could see him holding on to the plate by one, maybe even tied or possibly losing by one. But so, I think that's that's the scenario walking out of there. So then we go into Utah showdown. Just a Utah. Yeah, it's it's going to be any. You know, I really think that's what it's going to be, and obviously that would be ideal for everyone. But I think that's what we're going to get. That's exciting. All right. Hey, thanks for uh, yeah. thanks for coming on, and uh, hope everything's going well at Fly Racing, FlyRacing.com. dot com. Yeah, for sure. Uh, everybody, it. check out the new gear. It's it's shipping. Actually, started shipping uh, just this week. So definitely uh, busy times around here, and we're excited about it. Cool, man. Thanks for coming on the Fly Racing Moto sixty show. Appreciate it. All right, guys. See, See ya. ya. All right, and that has been another edition. Jason Wygant, Jason Thomas joining us for another edition of the Fly Racing Moto 60 show presented by NFAB, flyracing.com, nfab.com, n-fab.com. Proud sponsors of the JGR Toyota NFAB team, Brayton, Grant, sometimes Nicoletti. Good questions. Good job. Uh, tits, Brad won the gear? Yeah. Yeah. Brad, congratulations on winning the set of light hydrogen gear. We appreciate it. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening. We appreciate it. Thursday, some bench racing. Good times, everybody. See you next Thursday.